Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? You are now tuned into another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Um, today we have a very special guest, an amazing photographer, um, an amazing um, um, personality, a really great guy who's also a DMV native, um, Robert Carl Swan. How you doing today, brother? Good, man. Can't complain about you. I'm all right, man. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um I see that you're a freelance photographer and a photojournalist. How did you get started in the, into that career? Well, originally, it didn't really, it wasn't something I was pursuing professionally because I didn't think I'd make any money off of any sort of passion I had. But uh, I was always sort of big into the arts and photography as a kid in D.C. I went, mm-hmm. to, a, I went to Children's Studio School. It's a block down from Ben's Chili Bowl. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a different school now. They bought the... They, a public art school and uh i just i remember growing up like hearing it a lot that you weren't really going to be able to make money off that in dc so when my mom she had us commuting to go to school in maryland for high school because she didn't want to go to high school down there for self-explanatory purposes in southeast mm-hmm. but uh i started doing the biomedical science program at Wheaton high school and then i went to umb for a little bit doing uh doing biomedical science i just thought i was going to be a doctor and i got into some trouble as as it happens all the time but uh ended up down here and started to pursue that more because my uh, my granddad he took pictures in in korea in vietnam mm-hmm. and it was something that always stuck out to me because i know we, we donated some to the smithsonian mm-hmm. and i still have some in my house right now but um i i decided you know i, I do want to pursue that and i tried to to make it in a way that that still sort of kept what i was about and still was able to, uh, you know, make some bread because that's you got to support yourself somehow. But it's, it's always been more about the art than anything mm-hmm. to me. Um, describe the feeling when you first picked up the camera and I guess took your first portrait. Like, was it a learning experience? Did you, um, because I'm a photographer as well, and I'll be yeah. honest, the first time I picked up a camera, like the first time, for like the first two years, all my work was trash. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, like the first year. So mm-hmm. the crazy thing about that is it was a feeling of euphoria. And I'm not going to lie, my first shoot, I did it with this, uh, I use her all the time. She's like one of my best friends, but her name is Scott Maples. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, she's done some work with Kennedy Carter, Internet Baby. And she's done work with a, a bunch of local clothing brands. So she really carried the shoot because she already knew like what to do. Mm. And we had this amazing setting with Frankie. So my first shoot was good. It was like this feeling of euphoria. I was like, this is perfect. But after that, I couldn't match it. Like everything I did was trash. I just didn't know like where to go from there. I, I, it was definitely a steep learning curve. And I don't think I really came into my own until after I stopped working for a, because I was working for marketing. Mm. for different community colleges down here so 
that helped me get a lot better and direct and know how to direct people. But once I started shooting film, that's when I was like, yeah, now I'm, I'm on something. And even now, like seeing my film work now versus some film work that I did, it's like, it's like night and day. So it, it definitely was euphoric. You feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing for once I know like that, that first time you, when you first hold that camera, mm. you know, whether it's a digital or film camera, you, you hit that button and you just like feel it. You just know, like, yeah, this is, this is it. Like, so that's kind of how it was for me. And, so my bad, what was the, the transition like between um, working from digital to film? Um, I know film, you have to take your time. You know, you only get a certain amount of, of, of shots. Right. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm not going to curse, but I, I messed it up so many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I overcomplicated it so much with the 35. And uh, once, I, once I learned how to load the 35 correctly, then it became, okay, this is easy. But the transition to film, it took some time and I was, I was scared because I, I didn't want to mess it up. And I was afraid that, you know, if, if I don't, if this role doesn't turn out, then, you know, the shoot is sort of scuffed. So I, I had my digital camera a lot, like as a safety net. But once I really started to uh, like get comfortable with film, like the first maternity shoot I did, I, I did it in film that's when I like really felt comfortable and it's, it's crazy when you feel that comfortable. Like I was standing in the river loading film, just like, Oh yeah, it's cool. This is going to turn out the way I want to, wanted to. And, uh, it did like, it's still one of my, I, I think it might be my favorite shot that I've ever taken, but it, uh, at first it was slow. It was hard to, but once you, once you get the loading down, the rest just comes to you. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's easier for me now to just do everything manually because it feels like, I, I'm, I'm more in control. Like it just, I don't know. I still love digital. Maybe mm. I just need a mirrorless, which I, I ordered the mirrorless. So I'm going to see if that gets me back in the digital, but uh, I don't know. Something about film is just special. I love film. Um, I just got into film myself. Um, my lady and I just traveled back from London and I went to this old camera shop and picked up a, a Rolly flex one one twenty four G. Right. Uh, it's a 124 format. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gordon Parks used to use it. He's like my favorite fo- photographer of all time. But working with film, it makes you slow down and really take your time and compose your shots the way you want them to do them. Even like uh, premeditate what type of shoots you want before you go out there. You know, um, I work with digital. I have a Sony too. But it seems like when I have my digital, I'm just out there snapping you know, mm-hmm. a thousand shots a minute instead of just like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And, you know, I'm going to get these type of sentences. I'm a meter for this type of shot. So um, it's it's two totally different worlds. Exactly. And just slowing down that shot and just like this, like the first time I really started using the tripod was because of film. And I I started investing into into little settings that I just wouldn't as a digital so I just would just like snap 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 mm-hmm. and uh yeah that film just just slowing down and, and taking your time it makes the shots so much so much better like it it really does it's, it's night and day um and I, I I suppose if I if I took the same process with digital it'd be the same thing mm-hmm. but I had to sort of I had to fail a lot with a film camera and 
lose a lot of money in developing roles that just don't turn out well to sort of learn to pace myself and and that's good because the best teachers like you know when bread comes out your pocket that you can't get back <laughs> man yeah. i really need to get this right you know um tell me about your first successful shoot it's like when you got your, your feet is wet you're standing 10 toes in the ground you planned everything out and the end result is what you wanted tell me about that feeling Man, um, I really say the first big successful shoot I did was was with Okima and the Eno River, mm. and I say that one in particular just because I I been planning it for for about a month, and it still didn't go right. Like I was I was supposed to shoot it in digital that day actually, and the uh, the week before my uh, my camera had some issues that I needed to get resolved. So I took it to camera work in Durham and uh, I just sort of said, you know, let me just, let me shoot with the RB. Let me, let me shoot with the RB. Cause I've been practicing with the RB in the, uh, the Minolta X700. Mm. So went out there, scout the location. It's okay. This is perfect. Let me make sure this pregnant woman can get down here. All right. So we did that and it was, it was so hot and steam was coming off the river and it was fogging up my lens and, and whatnot. So I was a bit concerned. But you know, took my time. Um, had to. We were standing in the river the majority of the shoot. But but I, that day, took her back to her car, drove to South Houston camera, gave them the film, and they actually got it back to me the same day. They use they use this machine processor. Uh, I was just like, holy shit, this is crazy. This is crazy. Like I actually, this is it, because. Mm-hmm. Everything was was planned meticulously for the most part. I mean, the weather I couldn't control, and then the camera issue a week before I couldn't control. But that was like the first successful one I did where I felt like, okay, I can I can shoot film that can be my main workhorse, and I can actually you know rely on it. And like all these pictures here, I took in film. Um, every everything on my Instagram for the most part I've taken in film. I can't remember the last time I shot digital. I just I know, like, I like it. Like, if it's a photo op and I know I have to do something for, like, a marketing thing, then I'll do digital. But, like, something about film, it it, it breathes life into your pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's something that, that I know the client or the model will always remember because it's, like, a unique look. You know, I shot a whole summer in expired film and all of those shots turned out perfect. But, uh, that that summer started off with that and then from there on it was like okay i'm I'm comfortable doing this that and the third so every every day i was just turning in expired film roles and it's just it was what i wanted so i say that's when i hit my stride that's after that shoot and that was that was my first like real successful one as far as digital my first successful digital shoot was sort of like staged for me they, they sort of had everything set up because mm. my first uh my first big gig was with Durant Tech's marketing department and they had me come to graduation. I thought, okay, I'm just meeting with them to sign some hiring paperwork. They said, no, you're working at graduation. Go shoot. And they gave me a bunch of different cameras and a, like a video camera too. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So <laughs> a lot of they, they had a lot of a lot of stuff set up for me so that I, I did succeed because it's like we need this for the website. And uh, you know that was good and that was fun. But my first like on my own, I set everything up was was that Okina one. So, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I'm try to have more stuff like that. I love that. Um, when I look at your work, um, I see a lot of like shadows, you know, when, um, and it's the total, it's, this is a good thing. It's a total opposite of what I usually see on social media when all the shadows are blown out and, you know, people create these, these, these situations that aren't realistic or lifelike. It seems mm-hmm. like your work is very grounded in, you know, the realism of people and blackness. Is that like a, a, a uh, a thought that you wanted to put in your work? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's what it's what I see every day. Because I know, I know, you know, it's nice seeing seeing the structured, you know, edited photos, and and I, I see them. There's there's a lot of work like that that I do like, but that that gritty, you know, mm. realism, um, centered in blackness. I try to I try to mainly do that. Centered in uh, disenfranchised communities mm. has always been what I what I've been about, like. You know, I want people to see people's flaws, the flaws in skin um, that they may have, because it, it's it's a part of, of what we are. Like, it's not, you know, you can't shy away from that. You know, we can edit it out, but it's still there. And there's something beautiful about having that in the pictures and having those shadows and having just just all those different color tones and even mm-hmm. even sort of washed out colors and and expired like grains. And it's just, it just something about it adds to the the photography mm. not to take away from any sort of digital editing and in studio stuff because that stuff is beautiful too like like all art is, is art regardless like if it's not hurting nobody I, I, I support it but i want to do something that that's sort of reflects where i'm from and and i always want to sort of you know like you can do photography anywhere if you have a camera and you have somebody in front of you, like everyone is a model. Everyone can can do this in, in every every place in the world you can use as a backdrop and, and make something happen. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a sky, that's 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 a blue backdrop. Just make it happen, you know. So what's one important lesson you learned on your career so far, on your journey so far as a photographer? Just don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people are scared to uh to put themselves out there. And I think it was something that I was afraid of too. Like I got real comfortable and uh, like, okay, I'm in North Carolina, let me just stick to North Carolina, let me stick to what I know. And I don't I don't think that's necessarily good. Like if you if you have connections somewhere else, you know, try to reach out to those connections. If you meet people that you think can can further your career just reach out you know and you never know a lot of people think okay i don't think i'm ready for this opportunity or that opportunity it's not the case uh a lot more times than often you you can be missing out on opportunities from not reaching out Mm. and there's someone there's someone less experienced than you getting those opportunities because they open their mouth so it's just i would just reach out you know i had someone i I work a couple different jobs right now while I'm in school, but I had someone at the hotel that I work at in Raleigh stop by and she was doing casting for Jag models. And if it was me probably two, three years ago, I wouldn't have said anything to her, but I reached out. I said, Hey, I do photography. I do this. I do that. And now I have opportunities in Greensboro and New York that I wouldn't have had prior. Mm-hmm. So I, I have, I have those connections just from like a little small 10 to 15 minute conversation. That wouldn't have been anything, but just, anyone looking to get into it or that's already into it, just reach out, reach out to local photographers, reach out to photographers 
photographers who are big, bigger than you, and just try to sit in with them, do what you have to. You know, there's plenty of people in the DMV mm-hmm. that would love people to, you know, the dojo uh, off of, uh, was it, Columbia Heights, the dojo, those guys, yeah, Art Heights and yeah, everything. Yeah. Reach out to him. He he always answers his DMs. He, always, he, he tells me when they got something going on and tries to get me a studio to sort of help me out and get connections. So it's not... It's not difficult. You just gotta you just gotta put yourself out there. I know it's scary for some people. Mm. Closed mouths don't get fed, man. No, not at all. Um what is your your process um from A to Z? You don't have to give up the sauce if you don't want to give up the sauce. <laughs> but when somebody reaches out and want a particular uh, particular um portrait set or whatever. What's the planning process to execution? So a lot of people, when when people reach out to me, a lot of times they don't have an exact plan on what they want to do. Mm. And recently, it wasn't so much in the past, but recently, I have I have a book I write down on my on my concepts, everything that I have an idea for. You know, I'm doing something the 17th that someone reached out to me that I have an idea for. It's going to be kind of politically charged, but I, I set up a call with them. I asked them what what's sort of the purpose of the of, of this portraiture that you what's what's the purpose behind it what do you want mm-hmm. to gain from it what, what do you want the message to be because this is your image at the end of the day and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be you so what what do you want to convey with it and uh we sort of we sort of tackle some things and sort of figure out like what what exactly they're pushing for you know whether it's showing uh depression or or just just sort of a whatever like this one in particular behind me, mm-hmm. they reached out and they wanted, they, they liked the song called Here's to You by John Bias, which is about Nicola, uh, Nicola and Bart, who were, who were anarchists in the 1950s and 60s during the Cold War. They got arrested and, you know, found guilty on, on charges that essentially were BS. But because they, uh, you know, they were the other. And at that time, you know, it was, it was McCarthyism. They sort of got, they, they got a bad rap. So they, they sort of compared that to uh, the persecution of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, we can work with that. Let's, uh, let's sort of face a shot around the movie Call Me By Your Name with uh, two, uh, two gay guys as the main characters and we can sort of make a play at that. But any, any way to convey like a message that means something to them, like tell me what you want to convey what's what's something important to you and let's figure out a way to capture that in the image and sometimes people just like i i just want to look good it's like all right we can do that <laughs> we, we can do that um but uh but when when people have this sort of idea of what they want to do because a lot of people they don't know until you ask them and then they mm-hmm. say okay yeah 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 maybe maybe this and it's like all right well, let's go with that let's go with that so um that's always that's always the first part of my process figuring out what they want to do the second part is finding a location because a lot of times i like i like finding out of studio locations i use peer space to rent studios mm. for the most part because there's a studio in raleigh i really like renting but if it's a if it's something that i feel like a location would match it then we do it off location and uh once we find that set a date and the actual shoot itself, I sort of try to base a lot of the shots around candids. So I try to catch them in action. And then when I find something that they do in action that works, then we set up a scene around it. And then we then we place them and then sort of set them in, in the post. So the post mm-hmm. still sort of looks like it can naturally happen. 
mm. but it's 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 sort of scripted. So that's that's been my main thing because I always had trouble directing people in poses, especially as as a man. It always felt weird, like you know, I always had that, you know, like yeah. especially <laughs> when I first started, I'd be like, I kind of feel awkward. Hold your hand like this. Hold your hand like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just like, look, I'm not trying to touch you. (laughs) But um, but I've gotten better with it, you know. Uh, Mm. But there's a a lot of people who have made me iffy about it just Mm. because of uh, I've seen how people move and and what can happen. And I just, I don't want to get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Use candidates to get stills, essentially. That's, that's, that's my main thing as far as as far as actually how it turns out. A lot of it's luck, you know. A lot mm-hmm. of times the film just does some shit. I just was like, man, that's crazy. Like, I just found out that people edit their film. I was like, what? Yeah, I can do that. Like, I I never edited my film, so I feel like I'm missing out on some sauce. But I, a lot of times I get lucky, you know. I, I compose the images and I set everything up, and then they just turn out the way that they turn out. Like, yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> like, See. Uh, it, I love the process, you know, because you're capturing you're capturing people in their natural, you know, state of being, you know, mm-hmm. instead of trying to like overthink it and overprocess it, you know, which, which which is a very beautiful thing, you know. Yeah, a lot of times people, and that's that's in any aspect of life. You you defeat yourself overthinking about something. Just let just let it happen and just take the pictures. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can still pace yourself and be slow, but. You know, if you if you just put the time in and just and just wait, you know, you'll you'll, you'll find what you need, you know. Mm. All right, I'm about to get in my real nerdy bag. Um okay. what type of gear do you use? I seen in the in the picture that you sent you, is that a Mamiya or something? What, what you got? Yeah, yeah, that's a, a Mamiya RB67. Mm-hmm. I use a Minolta X seven hundred. Mm-hmm. The U Street pictures I just took, I, I use the Yashica one twenty four uh Matt G. Uh I have a Nikon D. 7200. I'm getting a Nikon Z6 too, so pray for me. We're going to see how that goes. <laughs> um, I want to upgrade to an RZ. I really do, but uh, but we'll see how that goes. But for the most part, that's what I use. I've used some like one-off cameras. Like I've used an Ilford disposable black and white. Mm. That was uh, that was insane. But yeah, the, the main workhorse is the RB67 and the Minolta X700. Like the Minolta is amazing. So, what do you do? You because I a lot of my old film cameras, uh, I thrift. I go to thrift stores all across the DMV and, and see what I can find. Um, I know you won't you won't be able to uh, thrift the the Mamiya, but have you ever just gone out thrifting? Um, at Camera Works in Durham. So, Camera Works in Durham, you got a bunch of old cameras, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing with a Southeastern Camera, they got a old bunch of old like camera parts like as far as like an actual thrift store i've never been able to hit an actual thrift store found mm-hmm. tons of jerseys never found any like functional cameras that i you know and i felt like i wanted to put my put my money into but camera mm-hmm. works for a while was it's essentially a, well it was a thrift shop he just shut it down but uh you could go in there and find a bunch of vintage cameras from bronicas to uh yashikas like anything like mm-hmm. really old stuff and and that was the main spot i was going to to uh to get everything, but the Minolta actually got off Amazon. I actually got the excess hundred off Amazon, which sounds okay. crazy. I don't know why I was on Amazon. I just I looked up 
old 35 film cameras and uh, that came up and I asked my friend about it and he said yeah I got one so I ended up getting that and it turned out pretty good uh, but if, if anyone's in North Carolina Peace Camera has used cameras uh, used film cameras you know Southeastern Camera Carborough and uh, and Raleigh but those are those are two main spots and I think there's there's some spots in the VA too that mm. I need to check out but you know, they a little bit and uh some shady parts of VA, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so which do you prefer? Um, do you prefer medium format or do you prefer 35s? Like which it depends medium format is so much better. Yeah. Medium format is just so much better. I mean, the only advantage that 35 has is that, uh, is that there's more shots. You know? mm. But it depends. Like it depends. There's some images that turn out really good on the 35. It's just the shots that I've taken on my Mamiya it, or, it, or Mamiya you you can tell like it's like mm. it's so i'm looking at them right now compared to these and I, I love all of them. i love all mm. of them equally for the most part but i don't know something about that to me it just it's really good and once i i just ordered another rotating back because mm. something happened with my back where it stopped working um but yeah that medium format's just amazing it's amazing and which type of film do you prefer? I know some people like Portra. I know some people like Cine Still. Like which, and do you uh, use any UV filters as well? Yeah, I got a polarizer. I don't know what kind of polarizer I got on my uh, on my Mamiya and my Minolta, but uh, they're uh, they're pretty dark. They like they they bring out colors really well. So, mm. um, I like Actar One Hundred. Actar mm. One Hundred is so crisp. Um, it's crazy. And then there's a there's a Fuji Fuji one. What is it called? I think it's a one. Uh, was it one twenty or two hundred? I forgot the name of this Fuji film, but uh, Fuji has some really good medium format uh, film. But I w- I would go Ektar one hundred back against the wall on a sunny day. Mm-hmm. That film is insane. Like I've taken pictures on my thirty five with Ektar one hundred where I thought it was a medium format. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that's that's a film that I would recommend everyone use. Portrait's really good, kind of overpriced right now, but that's that's everything. You can't avoid it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> everything's expensive, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Ektar. What, what film have you been using recently? Uh, I like Cindy Steel a little bit, a little bit of Portrait, but it seems like a lot of people are picking up, uh, you know the film camera trend now. So yeah. the more people that buy this film, the more expensive it becomes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I battle between uh, Portrait and Cine Steel, you know, but um, I'm more of a digital photographer if I ever had, like, time to, like, focus down on on, um, on um, analog, I, I get back into it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we're in a day and age where people want to buy all the newest and all the latest equipment. How important is equipment to you, man? If you have a good tripod and a solid camera and, and set design, I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff is, is it's more or less necessary to, to get an actual like studio job or like a fashion photography job. That's when I say pick mm-hmm. up, pick up equipment. But if you uh, if you understand natural lighting and everything, 
and you're starting off, I think that's the that's the most important thing. Just knowing how to do design a set, knowing how to work with uh with the models and, and knowing how to uh properly expose your camera and and just just work with settings. That that's that's more important than anything. If you get that down, then you can introduce the lighting and stuff because if you start off and you buy a bunch of equipment, um you don't know how to use it, like you still need to it, it's not gonna matter. Mm-hmm. like at all like you, you're, you're gonna struggle just as much probably even more because you, you have to worry about more things all right let me make sure that this is properly hooked up to this off flash and making sure that you have having the right f factor so that it's not like overexposed or anything i think uh I, I think having more equipment starting off could probably be more detrimental to you in mm-hmm. terms of your learning process you should just start off start off uh minimalistic and work from there and, and once you once you get that down if you can if you can compose a shot outside and, and make it look like uh you have studio lights there then you're set mm-hmm. you're set like most of it can start in lightroom you can do a lot of stuff in lightroom a whole lot yeah man i i'll be honest i think i have a problem whenever we travel uh, my lady and I, I always have to find an old camera shop. And I have to leave with at least like two or three cameras. And she looked at me one day and was like, I think you got a problem. Because I got a whole bookshelf just of old cameras. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, that's a good <laughs> image to have someone come to you. They're like, okay, we, we know the vibes here. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my girl does the same thing. She loves she loves getting old cameras. Like uh she doesn't use them, but she loves having them. <laughs> she loves having them. All right. We have a few minutes left, and I just have a couple more questions for you. Um, what mm-hmm. keeps you inspired? Um, probably my best friend, Christian, that passed away. Um, mm. Him, my mom, and uh, my boy, Matt. Like, he he's probably the most successful person I know, like, from my from the group of people I grew up with. And uh, he just, he inspires me to be, to be better every day. Um, my best friend that passed away, of course, I want to, I want to live for him and make sure I'm doing the right things. And that uh, everyone wants to make their mom proud. So I think those three uh, are the biggest things sort of pushing me. Like he checks on me every day, make sure I'm in the right head space, mm-hmm. to see what I got going on, make sure I'm you know taking the right steps so that I don't relapse on anything. Because I had a lot of bad tendencies back in D.C. and I, uh, I was involved in the wrong stuff. And it, it's hard sort of getting out of that. Mm. It, you know, people don't want you to get get away from it. And then you you will sort of self-sabotage yourself because of imposter syndrome. And that, that's what happened for a while here. It took me away from a lot of my best work just because I, uh, I felt like I didn't belong. Like I, I never felt like a traditional sort of artists down here and they're always seen to be a disconnect between uh some of the artists and some of the artists who came from uh, a little bit of they're more bourgeoisie i'd say mm. but it, it made it hard to sort of felt like i belong but he, he's he's kept me grounded and made sure that uh i've been doing, doing what i'm supposed to do and then any any sort of any image I take, my mom's always going to support me. So it's always nice to see and they're happy that I'm doing something that I love to do because she's seen me in my, in my lowest moments. So 
those people push me every day. It's, it's yeah, they push me every day. Mm. I just got a, a vision for you, man. I would love to see you in New Orleans for a month. The I, amount of the amount of visuals you can get out of New Orleans, bro. You got to go at least for at least for thirty days, two months. I want to do the eight-hour film festival in New Orleans. Uh, like I've, I wanted to do that for so long. Me and my boy, who's a filmmaker in, in Canada. Say, yo, we have to go to New Orleans for the forty-eight hour film festival because we wanted to do like a, uh, we we wanted to do a whole sort of short film centered around Katrina mm-hmm. and other band of Six Flags and stuff. And I, I want that bad too. It's something that's been on my mind for a minute. I got I got some family down there too, so that is that is coming. New Orleans is coming. So is Vegas and Arizona next year. So perfect. Um, my final question, what's the hardest part about being Robin Carl Swan? Robin, my bad. No, no, you good. <laughs> um, making time for everything, man. I work and in school and then uh, having a significant other, and trying to be there for my family. I made the bad decision of hosting Christmas at my house this year. <laughs> uh, I didn't think it through. I didn't think it through, brother. <laughs> I said, oh, we can have it in my crib. Uh, I thought about it. I said, oh, nah. <laughs> but just making, making time for everything. Like I, I'm still, now that I have someone helping me set up my, my schedule to shoot, mm-hmm. it's easier. But for a while I was like, what am I supposed to shoot? Like the sun is setting early and everything, but we we got a studio spot that I'm using right now, so uh, it's good. The perks of having uh, a woman in your life that's that's more of a digital photographer. She's like, oh yeah, let's let's use the studio space. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll I'll adhere to this, I guess. But yeah, just making time is the hardest thing for me. But uh, and I spend a lot of money on records. Like way too much money on record. Me like, too, bro. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I regret getting the record player. Like I, I'm looking at the records right now. I have a, I have Kendrick's new record. I haven't played it once because I bought <laughs> like 15 other ones. With it's it. more for aesthetic reasons. That's all. <laughs> bro, I'm telling you. I mean, I love listening to them too, but I was like, damn, what's going on? I go to Target to get like some light bulbs. I end up leaving some with, like some Sonic record and a T-shirt. Like, come on, man. got it, yeah, but. Yeah, that's it. That's the hardest thing. Mm. Life has been pretty easy for the most part. I'm still black in America, so yeah, I got to live with that. <laughs> mm. Man, I love this conversation, bro. You are a very insightful and amazing artist, photographer, uh, person in general. Um, hopefully, whenever you come back sure. to the DMV, we can link up and, and, and build um, on some projects. But um, how can people get in contact with you, probably for a commission, see some of your work, buy some pieces? Like, how can they do that? Um, right now, I'm working on my website, so it's down. Should be back up in a week. Uh, but my Instagram has my email on there, everything that mm-hmm. you may need. Um, that's how to get in contact with me. Right now, I'm working on on two concepts that uh, if anyone's interested in, back in the DMV or here in North Carolina, they can feel free to reach out to me um, through email or, or DMs or anything. I'm, I'm always responding. So uh, if 
that's unless it's like three a.m. Don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't be up at those times no more. Uh, but but yeah, that's that's the way to reach me. Um, and uh, I will real, be in the real, real quick, shout out your uh, your Instagram so they know. Instagram is at Anacostian. A N A C O S T I A N. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. Once again, brother, I really appreciate you taking the time out. I really love your work, and um, I wish you nothing but but success and, and prosperity in your future, man. And I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.